Today you're gonna to learn eight behaviors that are destroying your relationship. Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in couples counseling. Be sure to follow me on any of your social media channels. You can find me at, at Dr. Wyatt Fisher. So let's talk about this. Eight behaviors that destroy your relationship. Did you realize you're probably destroying your relationship? You're probably doing some of these behaviors without realizing it, without realizing it's increasing your risk for problems in your marriage long term. So it's important to become aware because once we become aware, then we can start doing something about it. So number one is you never prioritize emotional intimacy. Are you guilty of this? You don't think it's a big deal. You don't understand it. You don't want to do it because it's not your need. Guess what? That's destroying your relationship because emotional intimacy is a core requirement for you and your partner to be friends. And when you're friends, you're going to feel like partners. And that's going to lead to better physical intimacy and better connection, better camaraderie in your relationship. So if you are never prioritizing emotional intimacy, that's hurting your relationship. So I challenge you, I encourage you to rethink the value of emotional intimacy. You're not going to have emotional intimacy without quality time. So it starts with carving out regular quality time with your partner, even if it's 15 minutes a day, to start nurturing your emotional connection. Number two, you never give compliments. When was the last time you complimented your partner, not just on what they did, but about their character, things you love about who they are as a person? We all need to feel built up. We all need to feel cherished. We all want to feel praised. And a lot of times in relationships, we barely give our partner any appreciation. We barely give them any praise. And instead, we give them criticism. Most of us are talented at giving criticism to our partner. We don't even have to try. It's natural. It's effortless. But when it comes to praise, we often have to work at it. It's a learned skill. Practicing optimism in life is a learned skill. That's why practicing a gratitude journal is recommended. Thinking of your blessings every day is recommended. Likewise, in your marriage, how often do you intentionally think about the good things about your partner? How often do you tell them the good things about them? It's important. And if you're not doing that, you're hurting your relationship. Number three, you never ask for constructive feedback. When was the last time you asked your partner how you could improve? When was the last time you asked your partner about your blind spots? When was the last time you asked your partner how you can become a better version of yourself? Your partner is your biggest personal asset. They see you like no one else. They have more feedback, more perspective, more objective observation than anyone else in your life because they're with you day in and day out. Do you leverage that feedback? Do you leverage their insight? Do you leverage their wisdom? Probably not. Most people never ask their partner for constructive feedback. Then their partner gets fed up and then they criticize their spouse. So if you want to stop getting criticized, start asking your partner for constructive feedback on a regular basis. If you do that, they won't blindside you with criticism because you're proactively asking for it. But a lot of people are guilty of never asking for constructive feedback. Number four, you never have huddles with your partner. What is a huddle? A huddle is a once a week rhythm to have with your partner to talk about everything pertinent to your marriage. You can talk about any concerns you have with the kids or with the finances. You can coordinate your schedules. 
You can work through any resentments you may have. You can check in on the love buckets and see how well you're both doing as a partner. This is what a once a week marriage huddle is for. But most couples never have a marriage huddle. And when that happens, you start feeling like two ships passing in the night. You start feeling like roommates. You start feeling like you don't really know each other anymore. You're not operating as a team. You don't feel like partners with your partner. Number five, you never have dates. How often do you have dates with your partner? Probably not very often. This is one thing I help couples a lot with my practice when they come in is we talk about how often do you have dates? It sounds like such a simple idea, but you'd be surprised how many couples never have dates. Dates are what made you fall in love. Dates are what made you first have connection. Dates are what made you first have fun. Dates are what made you first feel that physical electricity with each other. Therefore, we need to keep having dates to keep the love alive, to keep the flame alive. But a lot of us are guilty over the long term. We stop dating our partner. We stop having fun with our partner. Doesn't matter if you have kids. Doesn't matter how busy you are. Make time to date your partner. Think of the fishbowl analogy. A lot of us are guilty of putting everything else into a fishbowl first. And then before we know it, we don't have time for our marriage because the fishbowl is full. But instead, consider putting your marriage in first, and then you put things around it, hobbies, sports, Netflix, friends, and then you're not going to have room for all those things. But that's the way you want to live. It's a value-centric lifestyle. It's a marriage-first lifestyle. And one of the best ways to put marriage first is through dates. Now, you can do this in a few different ways. You can have dates twice a week for one to two hours, one to three hours if you're able to, or you can have one large date per week that's around four hours. My wife and I have experimented a lot with dates and we used to have two dates a week for around two hours. And we did that for a while. We would do it during the school hours while our kids were in school so we wouldn't need a babysitter. It made it really affordable. But we found over time, the two dates a week that was only two hours, it felt too rushed. And so lately we've combined those to have one four hour date per week and it's been amazing. We've only been practicing it for a few weeks so far, but it's already had a significant impact because now we feel more freedom. Now we can go on adventures. We can drive to Denver if we want to. We can go out of town and do something more special. The other thing I recommend that you do is take turns planning the date because often one partner is more of the planner than the other one. And it's never fun to feel like you're in charge of planning the date every week. You get stuck with what to do and what to suggest. So I always recommend for couples take turns planning the dates. One week partner A plans it, the next week partner B plans it. The other week my wife surprised me with the date that she was planning and we went out to a restaurant and then we went to the Denver Marine Aquarium. And so it was fun. I didn't know what was coming. It was a surprise and I really appreciated the effort she put into it to plan it. But it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Another time I planned the date and I took her to a favorite restaurant she wanted to go to and we came home and watch a couple episodes of one of her favorite programs. So you don't want to have screen watching to be the majority of your dates. You want it to be the minority of your dates. And you also want to try to include four things in your dates. Try to have a lot of affection, a lot of emotional intimacy, something with recreation so it's fun, and then something for sensual activity. Sensual activity could be cuddling, it could be a central massage, it could be a bath, something that's romantic. And that's also why it's nice to have a larger stretch of time so you don't feel rushed. 
If you do all four of those elements in a date, most likely you'll both walk away saying, that was a great time. However, if you only do two of those four or three of those four elements for the date, one of you will walk away saying, that was great. And the other one will walk away saying, that kind of sucked. So that's why those four elements are helpful to make your dates fulfilling for both partners. But so many couples are guilty of never having dates. And they say they don't have time. They're too busy. Give me your phone and let me look at how much time you're spending on social media. Let me see your phone so I can see how much time you're spending on Netflix. Let me see your phone so I can see how much time you're surfing the web. We often have the time, but we're spending it doing other things. Prioritize your marriage. Put it first in that fishbowl if you want it to thrive. Number six is couples never share power. This also hurts their relationship. If you are never sharing power, what that means is that you make up your own mind. You make up your own decisions on things that are gonna impact your marriage. You don't ask your partner what they think. You don't share power. If they share what they think, you still do whatever you want. You're being dominant, you're domineering. Sometimes you may be domineering in a certain topic and other topics, maybe your partner is domineering and they don't share power. And it hurts your relationship when you're like this because no one wants to feel voiceless. No one wants to feel like my opinion doesn't count. No one wants to feel like what I say doesn't matter. And when you start feeling like that in a relationship, you start detaching and you start having harsher startups to conflicts because it breeds resentment. So if you are never sharing power, you're hurting your relationship. Number seven, you never work through conflicts. How guilty are you of never working through conflicts? So many couples have conflicts and what do they do? They sweep it under the rug. And it makes sense because they don't know how to handle the conflicts. And when they try to talk about it, they fight again. And so no one likes to fight. If you do, you have something wrong with you. And so they sweep it under the rug. They need tools. They need skills on how to resolve these resentments, on how to work through conflicts. This is why I designed my marriage boot camp. In the boot camp, couples learn tools on how to cultivate emotional intimacy, how to share power how to work through conflict and resentments. And then I'm in the marriage bootcamp every week, uh, responding to queries. I'm there to help with training on the tools. So if you wanna learn how to do these tools, join my marriage bootcamp. The link is gonna be in the description. But this is a major issue for couples. They don't resolve their conflicts. And when you don't resolve a conflict and you sweep it under the rug, that creates a wall. That creates a barrier between you and your partner. And the more times you do it, the more detached you feel. And before you know it, you have all these issues that are unresolved. And then you really start feeling walled off from each other. So number eight is that you never have physical intimacy. Are you guilty of not prioritizing physical intimacy in your relationship? Have you lost focus of the importance of that? Have you downsized physical intimacy to just a, a need your partner has that you could care less about? If you have, you're hurting your relationship. Physical intimacy is imperative for a healthy marriage. The happier marriage is, the more physical intimacy they have. The more physical intimacy they have, the happier the marriage is. It creates a positive synergy. Are you guilty though of dismissing physical intimacy, of avoiding physical intimacy, of never being up for physical intimacy? A lot of partners are guilty of never prioritizing physical intimacy. When that happens, 
the relationship starts to suffer. Now, to have physical intimacy, obviously a lot of things need to be in place. You have to work through your resentments. You have to build your friendship. You have to nurture that romantic, sensual time. But even when those things are in place, a lot of partners still are avoiding physical intimacy. And if that's you, you're hurting your relationship. So those are the eight ways you're hurting your relationship. Number one, you never prioritize emotional intimacy. Number two, you never give compliments. Number three, you never ask for constructive feedback. Number four, you never have huddles. Number five, you never have dates. Number six, you never share power. Number seven, you never work through conflicts. And number eight, you never have physical intimacy. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. For my free worksheet, my PDF on this podcast episode, make sure you go to drwyattfisher.com forward slash pages forward slash freebies. And the link is also in the description. If you enjoyed the episode today, be sure to share it with one other person that you, you think could benefit from the episode. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.